every one of us, if we just get honest and real with ourselves, do have battles that, that all of us face. And we're going to talk about just a few of them, um, things that I deal with um, and, and um, that, I, that I can deal with often. I I'm, I'm, feel like I'm always on these battlefields. This message is not a message to glorify the enemy. Um, my favorite description of the enemy, I've heard it said that the enemy is like a branch that's been severed off and he's, it's still green. He has still a limited form of power, but he's dead. He just doesn't know it yet. Uh, it's, such a, it's such an incredible way to describe him. He, he still has a, a limited power, but he's dead. Uh, and in the end, God wins. In the end, God has already won. And those who endure to the end will win with God. Some of the battlefields I find myself on that contend for my peace, joy, and righteousness, but my righteousness first is, this, these are all tactics of the enemy. These are the, the battlefields that I find myself in. My self-worth. I think of, you know, think of, the, think of a person right now that you have a hard time with. That, that for whatever reason, your personalities aren't wired the same way or, you, you know, Maybe you're so much like them that you actually see their flaws and so you just are quick to like judge them. Uh, maybe, or complete opposites. Man, you know, you value being on time and you value, you know, orderly and that person doesn't and so, man, that just, that clashes with you. Think about someone um, that you have a hard time with. Self-worth, every single person on the planet has incredible value. God doesn't create people with, with ever, with earth and mind, just like, I'm gonna create them so they can live a long, happy American dream life for 100 years. Every single person created from the worst, the, the person that you're picturing right now that you have a hard time with, to you know, your best friend, he creates everyone with eternity in mind. He, he wants to be with that person forever and ever and ever. His value on people is, it, it's, we can't fully describe it, and I don't know if we ever will fully describe it. Um, see, the enemy, it's just crazy. This is what we were talking about this morning. The enemy wants you to believe that Jesus is not enough to enter the kingdom of God. That, that Jesus is not enough. What do I mean by that is, as soon as we come into the faith, faith we say, God, forgive me of my sins, and he says, I, I forgive you. But then somewhere along the lines, we, we, so, we, go, we go to church, and what we see is, we see, we see, we're like, oh man, I gotta perform. I can't mess up. I can't, be vulnerable. If I share my weaknesses with someone else and they see my true colors, well then I'm not living up to the standard. And so everyone becomes very self-religious, self-righteous in their own eyes, and we can't be real with each other. But you have issues just like I do. I might have more issues than you do, but we all have issues. But here's the thing. In Colossians, uh, Colossians 1, we talked a little bit about it, but in Colossians 3 it says, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. This whole context is so many times we look in the mirror and what we see is our past and we see our faults and failures and shortcomings. But when this passage, what it's saying is for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ as God. Now when you look in the mirror, you actually see the eyeballs of Almighty God. It's through his righteousness that we can actually live the Christian faith. You know, I, sometimes we think, you know, did God just save me, you know? He, yeah, he created me with eternity in mind. Does he just want a million different people worshiping so that he can feel better about himself? 
And, um, you know, we, we will oftentimes become what we worship. Jesus knows that if we would just spend time with him and, and meditate with him and, and worship him. This morning was just so profound because there were so many words spoken declaring who God was all the way from our morning prayer uh, through, through the, the songs, just declaring the goodness of God, declaring who he is. Uh, every time you do that, you're literally becoming like him. You're becoming love. And that's the, the best thing that a good father wants for his kids. See, our mission is not so that we just live life and, and live the American dream. It's, it really is to know the king, his kingdom, and to share him with those around us. The other tactic the enemy uses, so self-worth is one of them. The other tactic he uses is unbelief. Just <laughs> crazy. We are just talking about this this morning. Uh, it's the need to, we, we need proof to remain in the faith. We need proof to remain in the faith. So in Matthew 13, it actually says this. Matthew 13, 18, it says, Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes, snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. I remember as a child, and, and all the way up through my teen years, even into the recent years, really struggling with unbelief in my own life. Always saying things like, God, I, I, just need, I just need you, I need one more breakthrough to believe that you're there. And though we, we do need to taste and see that he's good, we don't need proof to believe that he even, even exists. He does exist. But, but for us, we need to have a soil about our hearts. The best, the best way that I deal with my unbelief is I just simply ask God, God, Help me to, to believe. Help me to believe in the areas where I, I don't believe. I want to believe, I just, I have a hard time believing your, your message, your, ho- your message of hope. Another tactic of the enemy is offense. Ian, I don't know, it probably has to be up, up at the top, the most subtle tactics of the enemy is, uh, is offense. I see this in every family, Every church family, every marriage, it seems, uh, I, I don't see it in every, I, I see it often. I see it often. And, and the, the point is, is that, you know, we, we, we think that if, if, um, if, I, if I forgive you, it's simply just choosing not to talk about it or just, oh, I accept that's who you are. Um, but offense is, is such a deep root, it actually blurs the lens which you look at that person. It actually cripples that other person from growing because in your own eyes. Once, once I've done something to wrong you, you always will picture me through, those, through that lens of offense. Unless you forgive someone from the heart, then you don't. You take the lens off and you remove it. And offense is a, it's a, such a deadly issue because as soon as you become offended, see, here's the issue. You're, you're really not gonna be a true friend of mine until we get to an offense point because you just like me up to the point that I perform well for you. It's like marriage, you know? I mean, sure, we can be married and, and you know, Heather and I, we can be married, but the minute an offense comes up, do I, do I dare put that lens on and look at her through those lens of, of 
past failures and faults. I can't even, I can't even begin to afford to do that. She, it, she's, she's too precious to me to even allow that, but yet I can treat you so much different because, well, you're just someone that comes and goes in our life. That's how we treat each other, but we don't think about eternity after this life. There's gonna be so many people in heaven that uh, right now we wish weren't there. That's true. Some of those people that are just, you know, they rub us the wrong way. They're just, they don't see eye to eye with us and they actually offend us. They hurt us. They're gonna be in heaven. They're right with us. So it's imperative that we actually forgive. In Matthew 18, 32 through 35, it says, then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I've had mercy on you? Then the angry king said, sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Forgiving them from your heart is, no, is not choosing to not talk about it or to pushing it off. And I'm not talking about I have a desperate need to like, I gotta fix the issue right now and, and that's an issue I'm dealing with and I'm working through. So if you're like that, don't force your, you know, we gotta, we gotta talk about, we gotta get this straightened out. Don't force that, it'll happen when it happens. But what I'm saying is, is don't, don't push it away either. Don't just be like, well, we'll talk about it when we talk about it years down the road, it's still lingering. And the last one I wanna talk about as far as the tactics of the enemy is guilt, shame, and regret. These are all, I don't know if you've noticed, but the majority of these are all battles that we have in our minds. We're here, I mean, our, our battlefield, we might not be with, the, you know, with Elisha in, the, in, the, in his little city surrounded by the enemy, but our, our little battlefield's actually between our ears. The way we see ourselves, the way we look at our, when we look in the mirror, our past performances, when, we, when we're just shamed. You know, if, man, if, if, my, my kids would be better without, without me as their dad. I have family members right now that are warring against these thoughts and the enemy is actually advancing his kingdom against them. My kids would be better without, without me as their dad. My, my wife will never forgive me for what I did if I tell her what I did back before we got married. I'll never kick that habit. See, the, the accuser wants you to think thoughts that he would say amen to. He actually wants you to say, he, he wants you to believe these things. All of these things we're talking about, he wants, you to, he wants you to believe them so he can clap his hands and say, yep, you're dead on there. But guilt, shame, and regret is actually a subtle form of pride in our own lives. Why? Because it says the power of Jesus is not enough. I have to perfect the my performance instead of trusting God in the midst of my weaknesses. See, the guilt, shame, and regret is so deadly if we don't deal with it. None of us are perfect. None of us, not one of us. And we have to ask Jesus every day, Father, you have to give me your eyes to see me the way you see me and to not entertain the enemy with his lies and his thoughts about me. God I shouldn't, I, um, first point was the enemy wants to war against you. My second point is that God is the Lord of hosts. And let's uh, read Second uh, Kings 6, 16 through 23. This is the rest of the story. It says, this is what Elisha said. He told his servant, don't be afraid for there are more on our side than, than there are on theirs. 
And Elisha prayed, oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced towards him, Elisha prayed, oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. Then Elisha went out and told him, you have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes. They discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. And when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? And Elisha said, Of course not. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink. Send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Now, I don't know about you, but if I, was, if I were those raiders that came in, I would never go back to that land uh, to be mocked again. And, and I mean, just the whole thing, just mercy and the grace that Elisha showed him, unbelievable. You know, we live in a land right now where we're called the land of the free, home of the brave. And I'm so thankful. I mean, are you thankful that we, are, we live in this great land? We're so blessed. Uh, the, the season of Thanksgiving is just so amazing because you're, you, you, you do, you stop and you just start wondering like, wow, God, if, if you took away 10 things, 10 big things in my life right now, what my life would look like uh, without, without them. I'm so thankful for the outpouring, the blessing that you've given me. Whatever it is, whether it's material, family, friends, uh, whatever it is, uh, Holy Spirit, whatever, whatever he's given me, it's just such a, an amazing time. But, but I don't know about you, but sometimes... We get locked into this idea of the, this freedom where it's just free, everything. When you're not active in war, you, your mind begins to drift. And your mind begins to focus on civilian affairs. When you're focused on the war, you really are focused on what the war's all about. Freedom can be used to stay fit for war or it can be used for relaxing and becoming inco- incompetent. You know, before the foundation of the world, God created good deeds for us to do. But some deeds can only be done in the process of training. God wants to make us fully equipped for those good deeds. That's maturity. But if, we're, if we don't have eyes to see, if we're not seeing and hearing as he's, as he's speaking to us and sharing what is on his heart, maturity, that, mat- that, that maturity is not becoming developed. He wants us all to come to full maturity in Christ. I just, want, I, I just want you to know, we, we live here in America. This is, this is our country that, for whatever reason, God chose to put us in. But our true home, our true land is heaven. And that land is at war with the enemy. He's actually at war with the accuser. In Revelations 12.10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night, they will have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimonies. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Jesus wants you to overcome. See, he's the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts actually means that he prefers to go into battle before us for the breakthrough that we need. He actually wars in front of us. It's amazing. He's a shepherd that leads from behind to, to, to guard us. 
to, to let us, he wants to, us to develop as leaders, to grow into maturity, but he wars from the front. He actually says, I'll take the blow and I'll get there before you guys get there. He's such an amazing father. So how do we get what Elisha had? The enemy wants to war against us. God is the Lord of hosts. He wars before us. Last thing is we have to gain his perspective. How do we do that? Everything circles around the value system in your life. Everything does. Today we we sang, I am reaching for the highest goal. Is that what you're reaching for this morning? Because God knows whether it is or isn't. I don't, and I'm not, I'm not um, your accuser. I'm an advocate for you. I cheer you on. But is it your highest goal to reach for God, to reach for the kingdom? Jesus said, seek the kingdom first. When we were a couple of, about a month ago now, we were at Awaken the Dawn. It's a national prayer conference. 50 different states were represented on the National Mall just like they did in the Old Testament where we cried out to God, we repented for the things that we're doing as a nation. Uh, I'm not doing them, but my nation is, my land is, and so I will go on behalf of my land and say, God, please forgive us of what we're doing. The, the killing of the unborn, just the ungodlessness of, of, of what, the things that we're participating in. And, um, and uh, we got to, we were in the South Dakota tent, and Heather got to lead some of those things. I wish she was here, she would share more. But it was just such an, it was such an awe-inspiring thing that every state, Alaska and Hawaii included, was represented there and standing before God and, and lifting our eyes above, the, you know, above all of the, the national monuments and just saying, wow, God, please hear our land. Hear us again. Remember your promise. Remember what you've said to us. If we will humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways, run to you, you will hear us and forgive us. Heal our land. Prayer, if we're not praying, um, we, it's impossible to know him. If, you don't, if you're not a person who heaven says, wow, they pray, uh, it's impossible to really see as God sees. It's impossible. Elisha, if he, can you imagine if Elisha never prayed or if he prayed for two minutes every morning? The other thing, uh, another thing that uh, Jesus says to do is fast. John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, do the wedding guests fast while they're celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. If we're not, fasting is so, it's just so intimate with, with God. It's like, it's like a honeymoon with God. When you fast, that's what it's like. It's one of the clearest pictures of that. Um, it's, it's humbling. It's actually, there's so many people that messed up in the, old, in the Old Testament and then they went on to a fast and said, God, forgive me. I didn't know what I was thinking. Forgive me. It's, it's putting dependence on him. Fasting is it's something that we've just lost. We don't do it as, enough or as much as we should. We, just, we did do a 40-day fast not too long ago, but individually, how much are we choosing to fast so that we can see as God sees. The word of God, the best description that I've explained to the children and the teens is that the word of God is, uh, it's, his, it's a private journal that he is, that he is online. He's given us the key to his private journal. If you wanna know every thought in his heart, 
everything that he loves and everything he dislikes. Read his journal and you'll know everything about him. He's, he's, he literally leaves himself as an open book for us. Most people hide their journals, but he actually says, read mine. You'll know everything about me. We've been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we saw God pour out his spirit on certain prophets because he knew that his nation needed those people. In the Old Testament, he poured out his spirit on select individuals, but in the last days, Joel said, he will pour out his spirit on all people who ask. All people. So if, you know, spiritual baptism, like why do I need it? The bottom line is, look at Jesus' life. If you want to live like Jesus, that's why you need it. It's not so that you, know, you can do a show or you know, do, it's if you wanna live, be able to live like Jesus fully, completely, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is why you need it. And I wrestled with it my entire life, but, but in college I said, Father, I wanna be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And even recently I, I went into a personal fast and, I, and it was one of the things I asked God, I said, God, I, I want a fresh filling again. I don't, I don't want just what I think I have, I want more. So just keep filling me. I know we're, we're at time, but I just wanna share one last thought with you. This is our value system. What's your value system? You know, we spent some money to go to Awaken the Dawn, and that's not the point of this morning. Because it's so close to our hearts, you know, we want more. We want to be doing what God would be doing. If Jesus walked with me around town, that's, those are the things I want to be doing. Awaken the Dawn is something that he put on Heather's heart first and then on mine, kind of at separate different times. You know, what is, is the word of God something that you have to get your check mark off the Bible app or is it something that you're like, I cannot wait to get into his heart to know what his will is for my life? Prayer, is prayer a taxing thing? Is it, is it difficult? You know, is it like the disciples, you know, the, the, the spirit's willing but the flesh is weak, you know? And I'm not saying that any of these things are easy, but it's what, it's what we've been called to. It's the value system of heaven. These are just basic things that we need to be able to see correctly. If we're not doing these things, we can't, we can't act like, I just don't know why the breakthrough's not coming. I just don't, I don't really understand it. And I'm not saying that if you do these things, life, God becomes your little magician and, and he, you get everything you want, but you'll at least see the reason behind whether you get something or you don't. You'll, you'll be able to get better clarity. I'm not saying every time there's things in my life that I still don't have clarity on. We can't put Jesus in a box, put our bills in a box, put our friends in a box, and our family in a box. I heard it said so well that Jesus is like a pie. Thanksgiving, there you go. He's like a pie crust. Doesn't matter which bite you have, you're gonna get Jesus with him. Whether you go to work, whether you're with your family, with your children, Jesus never leaves what your, what, what your value system is. He's the center. He's, he holds it all together. See, the reason why, I'll say it one last time, the reason why we need, we need to be able to see is because, one, it, 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 it's, it's a maturing factor. It's a maturing, we can actually see whether we're maturing or not. We're starting to see as the Father sees. But two, 
Maturity is when we can do something for God. We're so familiar with his kingdom, his statutes, his laws, everything about God. We know his heart. That we don't, we don't need for him to hold my hand and tell me, hey, do this, now do this, now do this, now do this. Maturity is me doing it because I'm so familiar with who he is. I'm so fluent in his kingdom, in his culture, in his realm. I know what's on his father's heart. And so it brings incredible glory to the father when we're doing his work without being told directly every single decision we make. That's why it's so important for us to advance the kingdom. It's impossible to advance the kingdom unless you see what the kingdom is. That's what we've given our life to, to becoming fluent and understanding. God, what are you doing right now? What are you doing in this moment? So in closing, I'm gonna invite the prayer team. You wanna put on some soft music for me? I know I'm past five minutes past and I appreciate you being gracious to me. Um, this message, I don't know why, has been, um, there's been oppression for, on my life over this message. This has been something that's been strained for at least a year or two. I've been wanting to share this, um, but I, I've, I've been kind of, I feel like Paul, I've been held back so many times and this past week has just been battle after battle after battle. Um, whether it's a, 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 a lie, the enemy came to me with a lie and I believed it for a portion of time, whether he came to me with physical sickness. Just this last week has been crazy. And so I, I feel like for someone, it's, it's very important, you know, I, important message to, to consider, to think about. But he wants us to have eyes to see. He doesn't want us to simply navigate through life through our eyes, but through spiritual eyes. So again, I wanna invite the prayer team to come now. And I just want you to just take one more minute. Everyone close your eyes if you would. I just want you to ask this one, one question is, what tactic is the enemy using in your life? Is it offense, guilt? Is it shame, regret, your self-worth? See, God wants you to see as you see. God wants you to see as he sees. So what tactic is it? Every one of us, if we're not careful, can believe a lie. And then the next question is, is your value system prioritized correctly? The things that, you act, that you're pursuing, in, in, right now, every single one of us most likely is gonna go have lunch. That's great, it's awesome. But after that, and after that, is Jesus a box or is he the crust? Is he a part of everything? So maybe you're someone who's been pummeled by the enemy and you need that breakthrough. You haven't seen it and you would like to get that breakthrough and you're waiting and you're waiting but you feel kind of beat up. I just want you to slip up your hand. Please just, everyone close your eyes just for one more minute. Just raise your hand if you feel like the enemy's just been pounding you and you just can't get that breakthrough that you're believing for. Raise your hand and I'm, I'm gonna just agree with heaven for you because heaven wants you to have that more than you do. Tons of hands. Thank you guys for your honesty. God sees those, and that's actually what matters this morning. Maybe you don't under, uh, understand the gospel this morning. Maybe you don't have, you don't even understand what I'm talking about. I Give me eyes to see what are you even talking about. Seriously, this week, find me. Let's have coffee. It's, it's, on, it's on me. Let's have coffee. Seriously, because the, the gospel is so powerful, it changes everything. And I can't, I can't tell you how much God has given to get you into the room, to hear my words shared to you, that God loves you and he just wants you. He wants you in his family. 
And the last thing, we've been praying for this, guys, already. In the Old Testament, the Spirit was poured out on just select. Now it's poured out on all flesh for those who want it. If, if you're someone who wants to be filled in Holy Spirit, if you feel like you, you're ready for that next step and you just, you want to be all in, you want Jesus to be the crust, you want to be empowered like Jesus was. Jesus said himself, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing and hears and says what he hears the father saying. So if you, if you need a breakthrough and would like to be prayed for, prayer team's here. If you want to be spirit baptized, we want to agree with heaven for that. And if, if you, again, if you um, had any, you know, you don't understand the gospel, come find me even right now is fine. Um, or later, we can hang out. But either one of those, I just want to kind of leave it open-ended. You guys feel free to go as you need to. But if you want to be prayed for, our prayer team's here in the front. Um, God wants you to overcome every time, every single time. But we have to have his eyes to see. We have to see what he's looking at, what he's concerned with, what he's doing. So God, thank you so much for all you're doing. Please give us eyes to see. Give me eyes to see, Father, what you're doing. You're so good and faithful. In Jesus' name.